0: Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I am
1: Dave Reed. What about reincarnated? No, not
0: them. Oh. Except if reincarnation is a thing, that would be everybody. Yes. So I guess, yes, greetings to them as well. Okay. Which would be us.
1: I'm, I'm glad you clarified. Greetings to us. <laughs> oh, yes. Hello, us. And I'm Kristen Riley, and this is the Cast Files.
0: I am a reincarnated nerd who has somehow <laughs> never seen The X-Files.
1: And I only watched it this during this lifetime. Oh. When it originally aired. Okay. <laughs> the Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler free.
0: Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 5, The List. It originally aired October 20th, 1995. It was written and... Directed by Chris Carter.
1: Did you know that Chris Carter received a Director's Guild of America nomination for his work on this episode?
0: Oh, I did not. Like, he was accepted into the Director's Guild?
1: I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what
0: an extra fun fact.
1: Yeah, just a, I guess just a <laughs> nomination. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how any of these things work. <laughs>
0: it didn't sound like it was an award or anything.
1: Hollywood seems too confusing and made up for me
0: <laughs> yes it's <laughs> completely made up none of it's real did you know that the list was a show on vh1 no. for a while it was very good i enjoyed it it was nerdy it was incredibly nerdy it was about music but it was like musicians and journalists would get on there and they would give their list for top three you know whatever's zydeco songs <laughs>
1: So it was Buzzfeed before Buzzfeed.
0: <laughs> Kinda, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I did not know that. Well, do you know what the list is about?
0: I do because I watched it
1: twice. Yes, it is about a man about to be executed by the electric chair who vows to return and kill five men who wronged him in prison.
0: I mean, that's just the cold open.
1: It really Seems like it is. it's
0: <laughs> about more than that. It's about what happens
1: after. After death. After the after. The afterlife. After death,
0: after the party, it's the after party. <laughs> after the electric chair, it's killing five dudes.
1: I think they all deserved it, so I'm not sad to see any of them go.
0: Paul, oh, I was sad to see Rope go.
1: He wasn't on the list.
0: I know, but I was sad to see him go.
1: I was talking about on the list. We're oh. talking about the list. This episode is the list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not the black list. <laughs> no, nope. it's just the regular
1: list. Just the list. The list. You ready to get into
0: it? <laughs> I just, every time we say the list, I want to go, this
1: is the list! <laughs> this is going to be a long episode, though. Oh, sweet. All right, so we open up on the weirdest Uber pickup scene. It's dark, it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's misty.
0: Why is this guy from the 70s?
1: I said that! Look! <laughs> they're picking up some dude right out of the 70s! <laughs> I
0: said, why is this guy in the 70s? Jump ahead a little. When we get to his house, it's the 70s again. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is the 70s.
1: He is, I guess, when you want someone anonymous in the 90s, you go back to the 70s. <laughs>
0: that makes sense.
1: His house was wild. I have notes on it because I couldn't, I don't know what happened in his house because I was too busy looking at wallpaper. <laughs> That's not true. I do know what happens, but the wallpaper was a lot. All right, we shift to the prison where we see all the guards. They're sweaty, which right away tells us that they're the bad guys.
0: Immediately, you're like, holy fuck, that's J.T. Walsh.
1: I immediately was like, who's that guy? I know him from something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is basically the same thing.
0: Yeah. He is definitely a, oh, I've seen that
1: guy. (laughs) Yes. I feel like I did that a lot in this episode, and so I'm really excited for you to tell me who all of these people are. Okay, sweet. We didn't do the cast like normal because David wants to introduce everybody as they pop up apparently. Yep. It's pop-up video, but no video.
0: Other VH one.
1: Yep. <laughs> pop up video. The guards are discussing Nietzsche and how he won't eat or see the chaplain. Which let him live his own life, guys.
0: Uh they're literally not doing
1: <laughs> I know. that. He's on death row. Is literally <laughs> the
0: opposite of what they're doing.
1: They should just leave him alone though, right now. <laughs> like if he doesn't want to eat his last meal or talk to the chaplain if
0: i'm about to be executed oh i'm eating i'm eating so much i'm eating until i can't eat anymore and i'm eating more after that and it's all chili and meatloaf and beans they're gonna have to clean
1: up after me gross
0: well they're gonna murder me that's true then they're gonna pay for it somehow
1: Ugh. do you think that they execute people on a full stomach I feel like they would wait.
0: There is a last meal.
1: I know, but we don't know how long before that is.
0: No, but they probably aren't like, okay, now you have to poop.
1: Also, Give is you a there a last, a last meal and a last poop? Or is that just a thing that people make up?
0: Oh, I have no idea. I've never been executed.
1: Oh, why are we even talking?
0: Not in any of my reincarnations.
1: Wow, none of them?
0: I've been a perfect angel every time.
1: Ooh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> mm mm then why are you reincarnated? Aren't you supposed to reach nirvana and then not have to be reincarnated? So you're really fucking up something. If you're... I, I,
0: just, I don't want
1: to. Oh, you really like living like, life so I, much?
0: I like Earth. It Just look around. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I always choose America as well. Oh, God. Because it's just, you know, it's so awesome here.
1: Oh, You're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> one of those angels. <laughs> well, Napoleon Nietzsche Manley is the death row inmate that we're talking about. He is in Bradford County, Florida, which is up near Gainesville, which is south for everybody else in the country. <laughs> <laughs> His wife is in the cell with him, trying to console him. We know what's coming, because it's the X-Files. But what are you expecting her to do in this situation?
0: I don't know, because I was busy thinking about the camera panning across the other inmates. Real quick. You can't quite see him, But I'm like... Oh, shit, is that Bokeem Woodbine? Is it? Fuck yeah. Oh, shit, is that Dougie Doug? Oh, no, it's not. But I (laughs) I was right about it being Bokeem Woodbine, who is fantastic. He's one of those actors I feel does not get enough credit for how good he is. We, in the last couple years, watched him in Fargo Season 2.
1: Yep. He
0: was amazing in that. And he is a bright spot in a really bad movie called The Big Hit with Mark Wahlberg and Lou Diamond Phillips.
1: All right, so the guest stars, Boheem Woodbine as Salmon Roque. I don't think we ever hear his first name, but he's got a first name. He is also Herman Schultz from Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: Herman Schultz? Yep. Nope.
1: Baja Jola as Napoleon Nietzsche Manley. He was alley Thug from The Last Boy Scout.
0: Oh my God, he is. Oh, I was just thinking about that interaction like last week. Really? Yes. Because he's going to kill Bruce Willis. And he says, it's nothing personal. Goes, that's what you think. Last night I fucked your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Wow.
1: I don't know what The Last Boy Scout is, but apparently it's something that it's, floats through your head sometimes. It is.
0: It's, it's a fun movie that's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, Bruce that's... Willis, back when he was Bruce Willisy. Yeah. And Damon Wayans.
1: Yes, I wrote that down so that I could talk about it, but apparently you <laughs> are well-versed in what this movie is. Yes,
0: I owned it on VHS.
1: <laughs> okay. We also have John Toll's Bay as John Speranza. He was... Mr. Pizzacoli from Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, lovely. And the Plane Gunner from Waterworld.
0: Oh, fantastic. Which
1: Waterworld comes up (laughs) randomly sometimes, so I had to include that.
0: Uh, You know who he's not? Who is he not? He's not not Dougie Doug.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't write who these people were not. I only wrote who they were.
0: (laughs) I don't know why you do it like that, but I've been meaning to talk to you as a producer
1: I see. Yes, I should be enlisting not only one person that they were, but also one person that they were not. Yep. Ken Forey as Vincent Parmelli was Big Joe Grizzly from Halloween 2007. Oh. He was never Shaggy from the Scooby-Doo movies.
0: Wow. I feel like that's a missed opportunity.
1: April Grace as Danielle Manley. She was a TV personality in I Am Legend. She, she's also from Lakeland, Florida. Oh, wow. I thought that was pretty cool. Interesting. Yep. She was never Dharma from Dharma and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> J.T. Walsh as Warden Leo Broder was Red Bar from Breakdown, 1997. Okay. Is that any reason to mention Kurt Russell? Because Kurt Russell is in that movie.
0: (laughs) I feel like JT Walsh is best known for like vague government agency guy.
1: Yes. That's why I couldn't really place him. I was like, yes, he is this guy in everything I've ever seen. (laughs) Head
0: of shadow government organization. Yes.
1: Bad government agency person. He has never played a good government (laughs) agency person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nietzsche is brought to the electric chair. Before he's executed, Nietzsche proclaims that he will be reincarnated and avenge himself against the five men who tormented him in prison. He says, I've been here 11 years, 56 days, and now you're going to murder me.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's strong.
1: And he says some other stuff, which is also really good. Yeah. But I couldn't write that fast.
0: Yeah, I was like...
1: It was a good speech. I was,
0: Yeah, it was such a good speech. I'm like... Did he practice? Did he practice this? Yes. Because I would, I wouldn't be able to wing that.
1: No, he's a professional actor. I'm
0: yes. talking about the character.
1: Oh. <laughs> like of course the what? actor knew yeah. his lines. <laughs> yeah, really. Wow. Everything else in the X Files is improvised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know it, but it's an improv show, except for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, I have a bit of trivia. The prison set cost more than it was supposed to, but was later recycled in other episodes of The X-Files. Queso Dos Bichos and Talitha Kumi.
0: Mm, okay.
1: As well as other TV and movie productions.
0: Outstanding.
1: Which is great, because I'm sure you could reuse more sets than are reused.
0: Yeah. Or you could have just done it on location. I feel like you could have done it on
1: location. They never do anything on location in Florida.
0: You can do it on location in Canada. No. Okay.
1: Because then the trees are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you short circuited. <laughs> I did. My logic broke you. <laughs> For this cold open to be so quick, we are really just milking it. hmm The cold open ends with Nietzsche being executed. So, shortly after the execution, Mulder and Scully are brought in to investigate when a prison guard is mysteriously found dead in Nietzsche's cell, which seems like a real stretch to get these kinds of resources.
0: Yeah.
1: A prison guard shows up dead in a prison? So, the FBI
0: comes in? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to overlook it. Uh, What's it called? Suspension of disbelief. Not
1: me. I wrote it down in my notes.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So that
1: I would make sure to mention... This is an overreach. (laughs) It's an
0: overreaction. You're overreacting.
1: (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) The agents meet the prison's warden, Leo Broder, who is J.T. Walsh, who believes that Nietzsche planned the guard's murder with someone on the outside before the execution. Okay, so then how did the outsider get in and murder the guard in Nietzsche's cell on death row, which is notoriously more locked down than any of the other cells? If it was somebody from outside. Wouldn't it make more sense to plan it with somebody already inside the prison?
0: Oh, yeah. It's a ridiculous theory of crazy good assassin
1: who's
0: (laughs) ninjaing his way into the prison and then into death row.
1: Above average intelligence. Oh, yeah. John Speranza, another inmate, believes that Nietzsche has returned. Nietzsche said he was going to return, so...
0: Seems reasonable.
1: Yeah, why not?
0: I guess why did I say that was reasonable? I don't know. It's not reasonable at all.
1: I don't know, but I said that he's going to become Mulder's best bud because he's like, dude.
0: (laughs) I believe in this stuff.
1: Guy came back. Why do you believe that? Because he said he was going to. (laughs) So I feel like he and Mulder should have been better buddies than they ended up being in this. This is Mulder's kind of guy.
0: It is. But he's also on death row.
1: That's true.
0: So he's done something wrong.
1: So Mulder has to shield his heart from yeah. this friendship because his friend's not—he doesn't want to get hurt. His friend has an expiration date,
0: just like Max.
1: Oh, Max! I hope Max comes back. I
0: do too. It's been two it's been seasons too long, now,
1: Max. Okay, so they're they're talking to Speranza. Scully and Mulder are talking to Speranza. Scully leaves them to continue talking, and she explores Nietzsche's cell. It's full of books and two flies staining the pillows. Two
0: of the biggest honking flies I've ever seen. I thought they were fake at first. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Because she picks up
0: the pillow, and they don't do anything. So not only are these flies just entirely too big, they are entirely too unafraid of people. I hate them.
1: They were honking flies. I hate them so much. (laughs) <laughs> well, it doesn't get any better from here. The guard she's talking to is just squinting too much. Like, he's got a light flashing directly in his eyes.
0: He thinks he's Clint Eastwood.
1: Oh, even Clint Eastwood isn't Clint Eastwood anymore. Not anymore, no. No. So, after that, Scully goes to explore the prison's showers. She's grabbed by a guard named Vincent Parmelli.
0: He couldn't just go, psst.
1: Nope. How, it, many, how <clears throat> many men have grabbed Scully?
0: Too many. Too many.
1: Just come up behind and just grab her.
0: And I hate to victim blame here, but why is she just walking off on her own?
1: No. We had this discussion.
0: I know, but I... This
1: is death row.
0: I know, but I had it written down, so I had to say it.
1: Who doesn't know where the prisoners are? (laughs) Scully. Well, Scully shouldn't... Scully should assume they're all in their prison cells. That
0: guard just walks away from her, too. I'm going to go down here now. I'm going to leave you alone for a So
1: Yeah, no. This isn't victim blaming, because that's stupid and misguided. There shouldn't be anybody grabbing anybody anywhere. This is absurd. This is absurd.
0: The entire thing is absurd. I don't what if,
1: What if the ninja assassin was in yeah, the showers? Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's why Scully shouldn't be walking around.
1: Yeah, Scully. No.
0: Look, I wouldn't be walking around by myself. Because you know they take their guns.
1: Would you be skipping?
0: i would be rolling
1: (laughs) forward like head over feet no like long ways like a log
0: long ways down the hallway (laughs) just everywhere i go (laughs) the warden would be so mad at me
1: yep this warden i think is mad all the time though
0: not really he's very calm he's very even keeled
1: beats people to death yeah
0: very even keeledly (laughs)
1: Straight from his shoulder.
0: Just the worst punch. I was going to talk about that
1: later. We will. We will. Because it doesn't happen yet. Parmelli claims that another prisoner, Roke, is keeping a list of the remaining four victims. So everyone knows who tormented this man, but only now anyone cares?
0: Well, yeah. Now there's consequences.
1: Right. So far, I'm okay with this list. We skip to another scene And uh, it's prisoners going into some room, and they're renovating, and they're getting ready to paint. So this one prisoner grabs a paint bucket and pulls the the top off, levers the top off, and his face acting is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't know what to expect here, and I'm I'm wondering why. After seeing what it was, it was obvious that that's what it was going to be, but I had no clue what it was going to be. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a dumb dummy.
1: Well, I liked watching everybody in this scene. Yeah. Because the prisoner who opens the bucket, the point of view is basically like the cameras in the bucket that he's opening or right, right behind it. And so you see his reaction and he is shocked and, and backs away through everybody else and everybody else doesn't turn to look where he was looking, which is perfect because first, In a real situation, mm -hmm. you would look at the person who's moving and being like, what's happening? Why are you? And so everybody looks at him first. And then when they realize where he's looking, then they look into the paint bucket. And then there's this gross head that's being eaten by maggots.
0: So eaten. It's decaying so fast. It is. It could only have been like a day. Probably less. Well. Yes.
1: Hungry baby maggots.
0: Oh, I see.
1: Are you gonna food shame the baby maggots now?
0: Yes, they need to straighten up their diets.
1: So, um, what? There's a this guard is Fournier.
0: Yeah, and I guess he is keto.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Human face is keto.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, they found his head inside a paint can. Lol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny, and it's gonna be funnier later.
1: Uh, It was pretty gross. It was very wet. The makeup crew, what is it? The um, makeup crew? The makeup crew did good. Oh, prop department. Props to the prop department. That's it. Really good and wet in this whole episode.
0: They're doing some good wet work lately. (laughs)
1: They really are, yes. Scully examines the first body that's covered in maggots. And then she also examines this head that's covered in maggots. And the prison coroner tells Scully that the first guard's lungs were completely infested with the larva. And the larva belonged to the green bottle fly. The green bottle fly can lay eggs that hatch within an hour or lay eggs within an hour? I
0: think they lay eggs within a minute.
1: Within a minute. Of the body dying.
0: And he says that the cause of death was, I don't know, suffocation? Either that or he drowned. You're going to tell me that right after you said his lungs were full of maggots?
1: Yeah. This dude drown in maggots. Yep. Ew. It's really gross. This whole thing is really gross. Ew. Uh, a bit of trivia. Real maggots, as you could tell because they were real maggots, were used.
0: <laughs> Tiny robot maggots.
1: In the shooting of some scenes, much to Gillian Anderson's displeasure.
0: Hey, yeah, I imagine.
1: How do you wrangle maggots?
0: In a jar and you go. Pfft.
1: And then do you like coax them to come back into the jar? You vacuum them up. <laughs> with one of those tiny little keyboard vacuums (laughs) yes
0: you have to do them one at a time
1: Yep. otherwise they'll get squished
0: so they talk about the head and obviously they can't get a cause of death in there they say because his head was cut off with a putty knife (laughs) good lord
1: that would take Forever. Oh, it would hurt so bad. You don't think he died first? I not cause of death unknown. I think it was maggots in his lungs, which probably uh, also. I would, would hope so.
0: Ew. I'd rather that than putty knife decapitation. I don't Twenty-seven know. minutes of somebody going.
1: <laughs> ur, 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 ur. God, guy, could you just kill me some other way, please? This hurts so bad. <laughs> It's like the guillotine back in the day when they wouldn't sharpen it.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh, that got real. Also funny.
0: (laughs) We need to bring that back.
1: Well, it depends on who was getting guillotined.
0: In the French Revolution, people who deserved it.
1: Other people got guillotined too.
0: No, it was just Marie Antoinette after she said cake is good for everybody. She
1: didn't say that. That's literally not actually true.
0: I know. That's why I did the quote wrong.
1: (laughs) He said, cake is tasty. <laughs> and you know what? It's you true. Had, you had cake today. uh uh-huh. Donut cake?
0: Donut is not cake. Donut is donut.
1: It's a rounded it's cake. It's like fried cake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fried cake with gloop inside.
1: <laughs> oh, gross. Gloop like maggots? No. What?
0: <laughs> Ew. What's wrong with you?
1: What isn't? Do you, want me to, do you want me to list what the <laughs> <thing> thats <isn't? laughs> not That'd be great if you
0: could. I've been meaning to talk to you as a producer.
1: <laughs> Apparently if we do these later, we're just going to laugh through the whole I thing. I was
0: just getting ready to disclaimer. We're recording this like late Friday night, so <laughs> I'm digging the energy, actually.
1: It's so weird. Our energy's so weird. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Okay, well, meanwhile, Mulder talks to Roke, uh, but not before lots of yelling. And I couldn't remember which prisoner that was. Uh, was
0: Speranza was, was yelling at him. Was Okay. Peel your head like an onion.
1: So he says something like, he's gonna, what does he say? What does it mean when someone says they're gonna make you their Maytag?
0: Yeah, I didn't, I don't understand that. A- is it appliance? Makes,
1: yeah, is it? We're
0: gonna make you my appliance.
1: <laughs> You're gonna do my laundry.
0: I'm gonna store my cold beverages in you. Yeah. Editor's note, I looked up Maytag on the Urban Dictionary, and it is a prison term for a young inmate who performs sexual favors for a dominant top in exchange for protection. And the actor we're about to talk about is Colin Ferguson. Very good. Deserves to be in pretty much everything. Should be a huge star. He's a great actor.
1: Okay, so you don't know either. No, I'm not. He said that, and I was like, wait, I'm only picturing the Maytag Man commercials, and this... Threat doesn't make sense to me.
0: Oh, which Maytag man are you picturing?
1: The one from that TV show we watched a bunch of. Oh,
0: uh, Colin... Firth. I was going to say Ferguson.
1: It's not Nope, (laughs) neither one of us are right. No. What was that show?
0: Uh, Eureka.
1: Yes, Eureka. Him.
0: Uh, Him. Another wildly underrated actor who was fantastic in that. He had a lot of range. Yeah. He's so good. He deserves more than to be the Maytag man.
1: I don't know. Maybe he's getting... Good money.
0: Well, I'm sure he's getting, you know, better money than I am.
1: Or, but... like, at least new appliances. <laughs> this,
0: is just, this house is just full of appliances.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's like, please know, stop. No, please don't send me any more microwaves or, <laughs> or oven fans. It's just pieces of things that he can't really use. Um. Okay, so we don't know what that means, but all right. Rogue wants to transfer out of the prison, which makes sense. Yeah in exchange for information he will he says he will reveal the remaining three people on the list and Mulder's like well what are they and he's like no man i'm not going to give you the information before you give me the information <laughs> <laughs> and then Mulder leaves broder talks to Scully and Mulder about the war zone that we've created in the prison system and this is real poignant
0: uh-huh Uh, He
1: talks about how the guards have freedom and the prisoners do not. But even so, if the prisoners want something, they somehow get it into the prison. I have no idea who could be bringing in the contraband. I don't. None. No idea. Who could it be?
0: Probably the guys who could never leave.
1: It's probably them. Yeah. They're They're, probably.
0: They're definitely to blame. My my note about this was prison is
1: bad. Right. Deep. Right? (laughs) Whoa. This whole series, I don't know what this series' moral set is. No.
0: This is one of those episodes I'm not sure what their opinion is.
1: They're like, we're going to have a whole episode on animal cruelty, but we're going to skirt the lines of all of the animal cruelty laws. (laughs) So
0: we can make this show. (laughs) So we
1: can make it. So like, that one was, that was another one where we were like, what is, what are, uh...
0: I don't know what their opinion is.
1: What is your opinion? And then we had the other one where it was the eco-terrorist, where it was yeah. like they were kind of on his side, and then they weren't anymore. And then it was like, then he was the super bad guy. Yeah. And it was like, I don't understand. No. <laughs> and so here's another one where it's like, prison is bad. Pri- <laughs> but also, killing wardens is bad. It's- but also, everybody knows that. That all of this has been going on and nobody did anything while he was still while Nietzsche was still alive to help protect him. Yeah. Even though he's literally stuck here forever.
0: For the rest of his life.
1: But not really.
0: Mm. Or the rest of that life. The rest of his life, not the rest of his afterlife.
1: That's right.
0: Transfiguration of the soul.
1: That's right. Well, after they have this poignant conversation, Broder opens the door to his office.
0: He talks about how uh, he's not in the deal-making business. He's not going to make deals with these guys. Because if he does, then every con with half a brain is going to start killing guards,
1: I guess? Hmm. Like,
0: it's just a thing you can do at will. It's
1: a whole willy-nilly system we yeah, live in.
0: I guess so. And he even says, if I make a deal with him, it'll just show the benefits of killing prison guards. What?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this whole conversation doesn't. I don't know.
0: So, yeah. yeah.
1: Now he opens the door to his office, and that's where we find the rest of Fournier.
0: And that's where I wrote, ha 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 ha, ha body behind desk.
1: It was so gross. It was so wet.
0: I love that you wrote, head in a bucket, lol. <laughs> and I wrote, ha 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 ha, ha, ha body behind desk. <laughs>
1: We aren't worried about this guy's death at all.
0: (laughs) We are insensitive
1: people. Yeah, we are. (laughs) My comment about his whole body was, it's wet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) More wet prop.
1: Yep. While searching Nietzsche's cell, Mulder discovers evidence of his obsession with reincarnation, which we already know about because we've already talked to, like, Everybody. everybody about it. The prisoners, the guards... No. It's
0: what brought you down
1: here, right?
0: It is an odd bit of.
1: It's like they edited exposition. This, right? They edited this exposition and and then we're like, oh, but whatever, just keep yeah, it there. But
0: out of it, we did get a good Mulder and Scully moment. Okay. When he says, "If you could come back from the dead and kill five people who wronged you, who would they be?"
1: She says, "I only get five. Says,
0: I remembered your birthday this year, didn't I, Scully? <laughs> That was good. It was nice. I liked it.
1: I also like that her list is long. <laughs> it's at
0: least six.
1: <laughs> this is also a part where the show is interesting because we know Scully is, or at least was, religious when she grew up and is the skeptic. And Mulder is the atheist agnostic, depending on what the show needs him to be in that episode. <laughs> but also the believer. And they kind of morph in and out because he's like, yeah, reincarnation makes a whole lot of sense if you think about it in terms of religion. And Scully's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) And then he explains Jesus resurrecting. And I'm like, of all of the stories you're going to tell.
0: Come on, Scully, you like Jeebus.
1: (laughs) Sure. But then they find an envelope with um, Nietzsche's wife Danielle's address on it, and they decide to go harass her now.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, she knew this guy.
1: <laughs> oh, you know who might know something? This dude's wife. So they go to her house, and she is obviously afraid. She's chain smoking. She's absolutely terrified. She's also a bit sweaty. She says, "If anybody could come back, it would be Nietzsche." it's an interesting conversation and then the agents leave after the agents leave the big reveal is that Danielle and Parmelli, the guard who grabbed Scully in the showers are having an affair and I wrote having an affair and I was like is it an affair I don't understand
0: I guess technically it's an affair
1: right it feels weird on a technicality I she mean- was literally only able to see him for three days in the last 11 years
0: You don't think that's a strong foundation for a relationship?
1: I find Scully's comment that she says later, but I didn't put it here. Sometimes a woman gets lonely and can't wait for her husband to be resurrected. (laughs) It's pretty good. It was the odd moment when they give Scully a good line. (laughs) Yeah. So we find out that there's an affair. Shocking. I hope you guys can tell that my shocking is that's a sarcastic remark because come on. (laughs) <laughs> this whole situation sucks for everybody. Uh, Roke is brought to the showers back at the um, back at the field house. Where are they? Back at the prison.
0: Field house, yeah. <laughs> I
1: couldn't remember where they, what the name of prison was. Uh, where Brodier comes in, and you know it's bad because you're in the showers and you're like, great, this is easier to clean up, so awesome. And this is where Brodier... Throws the weakest punch that we've ever seen in TV history.
0: That has the most effect. He hits the deck and spits out a pint of blood. Yeah,
1: and I think some teeth.
0: It's the strangest. It's it's so strange.
1: It was more wet props.
0: <laughs> Very wet props. Oh, it was just, yeah, such a bad punch and so effective. Yeah. Maybe he has super strength.
1: You know what? Probably because apparently he's beating these people to death and isn't scratching up his knuckles, knuckles at, at all. all.
0: Yeah, I was watching for that too. Not
1: a split knuckle on this man.
0: And he barely has to move his arms to
1: it's incapacitate true. a man. It's true. Thankfully, the next bit happens off screen because Roke is beaten to death.
0: Oh, R.I.P. Bokeem Woodbine.
1: Yeah. But not until he lets Brodier know that Brodier is the fifth person on the list.
0: How's it feel to be on death row, Warden? It was pretty (laughs) good. Very good. Good last words.
1: Yes. Back at Danielle's house, Mulder's walking across the street. And in case you're wondering, Mulder has been thinking about this list a lot. Oh, what? Like, a lot, a lot. Interesting. Is it real? Who's on it? Who isn't on it? Who knows who's on it?
0: Well, Roke did. know. And Speranza does.
1: Mulder's really been thinking about it.
0: It's good. That's what he's here for.
1: But he wants you to know. Praise him. Communic- what? (laughs) Whatever you were going to say about communication.
0: (laughs) Done. It does not matter.
1: (laughs) bulldozed it. (laughs) Brodier puts the prison under lockdown and tells Mulder that Nietzsche had a violent history with all three victims. Everybody. And that's literally what Nietzsche said before he was executed. That was his whole speech. His whole speech was, you guys have put me here. Oh, you I don't have think... You've done I'm,
0: me harm.
1: I don't think we let you guys know that he's on death row for driving the getaway car. Yeah. This he, is nuts.
0: He did not deserve to be... Well, I mean, nobody deserves to be on death row. But, uh, I mean... I still have a tough time with that. It comes down to, I don't think that the government should be allowed to kill citizens. There you go. That's where I land
1: on it. That's that's a good place to be.
0: There are some people who should not be
1: in society, though. Yeah.
0: But, you know, the government should not be allowed to kill its citizens.
1: Right. <laughs> I agree. That's a, that's that's a good line. line. That's the bottom line. It's a good line to draw. We as a nation have not drawn it, but it is a good line to draw. So, when Nietzsche was giving his speech which i understand that the agents weren't there for so they they wouldn't know but we know that nietzsche said that he had a violent history with everybody on this list all five people and he was coming back for revenge which is exactly what we're expecting and also what we're experiencing but we know that Roke wasn't one of them because of how it was all stated and also because if anybody's paying attention the guards are dying by suffocation, and also their heads being cut off with putty knives? Wild. But, Roke is beaten to death in the showers.
0: Here's how I knew the difference. The guards always have the flies and the maggots on them. Roke did not.
1: Right. Yeah. Also, no one else has been beaten to death.
0: Okay. But you don't know the cause of death for Fournier yet.
1: I do. He had his head cut off with a putty knife.
0: You said he was dead before that happened.
1: I hope he was dead before that Th- that's happened. That's what I
0: said, and you told me I was bad.
1: You know what? Naughty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that sounds like me. You know what? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about where the putty knife comes into play in his death because I don't know what he did. Maybe he deserved that. It I'm could be really awful. Pretty
0: sure he'd beat him up, I he'd know. beaten each up. Pretty sure that's what for
1: eleven I years. That's a lot of rage, man. Build up. You gotta have a lot of rage behind cutting someone's head off with a putty knife. What a wild thing! Yeah, also, have to have time. Who thought of that?
0: Uh, Chris Carter. <laughs>
1: Chris Carter, I hope you're seeing a shrink. Mulder <laughs> believes that Nietzsche came back for revenge against the guards, which, duh. <laughs> 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 but doubts that rope was on the list. Good coppin' moldy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, this death is not like the others. Mulder requests that Brodier provide the name of Nietzsche's executioner, which I thought was interesting because we're still looking for essentially the fourth person. No, fourth well, and fifth, right? We're
0: looking for the third, well, but they think that's the fourth because they're counting wrong.
1: Right. It turns out that Nietzsche's executioner was a volunteer executioner. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know.
0: Maybe it was in the 70s. and that's where Is they that got why him. they
1: went back to the 70s? And that's where they got him. Because they were like, we're not allowed to do this in 96, 95. <laughs> so let's go all the way back to the 70s when we could pay a guy cash under the table to murder someone. I wonder what
0: that gig goes for. 50 bucks on a pack of cools.
1: How do you Craigslist that? Yeah, on Craigslist.
0: <laughs> you just said that.
1: I don't like it. I don't think the state should be able to hire volunteer executioners either. Okay.
0: You think it should be an unwilling person? Yes. You should force someone to murder somebody? (laughs) That's much better.
1: No, I think it should be a professional thing. A
0: professional killer.
1: Yeah. We have those. It's called the military. Okay. So have a military person do it. Okay. No, wait. Have nobody do it because we're not (laughs) killing people.
0: I like that one the best.
1: I don't like it that it's a volunteer that you could pay in cash. Uh, okay. So stop doing it. It wasn't
0: me. <laughs> in the wise words of the philosopher Shaggy. <laughs> it wasn't me.
1: The agents arrive at Simon's home. Oh, because we find out that the guy's name is Perry Simon. So they go to Perry Simon's home, who lives in the 70s, as you mentioned. Um, and I admire the 11 patterns of wallpaper while Scully finds the maggots on the floor. She realizes that the maggots are on the floor because they are dropping from the ceiling.
0: Mm-hmm. They're <laughs> dropping onto one of the seven patterns of rugs.
1: Yes, so many, so many patterns. Lots of pattern mixing here. So they go up to the attic, both of them, and they discover Simon's decomposing body. Now, I was looking at his face and admiring the props to the prop department, the mm. makeup folks. Also, was did he have a finished attic? You shouldn't be in the... Look, this is Florida, y'all. You should not be in the attic. You will die.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what happened.
1: He was just getting Christmas he, stuff He out. was
0: not on the list. He's just dumb enough to hang out in the attic in Florida.
1: Just not a good look.
0: No, that No.
1: Death by heat. It's gonna happen again. Hold on to your butts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the wise words of the poet Samuel L.
1: Jackson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so then they go back to... There's a lot of going back and forth here. So now they're back at the prison. Mulder confronts Speranza about the list, but Speranza only tells him that Roke was not on it. He also claims to have seen Nietzsche big as life outside his cell. So Speranza is a believer that Nietzsche has come back. Scully goes and looks at the phone records, and she says, based on phone records, she theorizes that Nietzsche's lawyer, Danny Charez, may have engineered the murders with Speranza because they'd been... Spranza and Charas had been talking over the last couple of weeks. This feels like a huge stretch. Maybe these two were working together to do all the murders?
0: Well, he also talked to Nietzsche a lot in the month ahead of time, before he got executed. Okay. So, it's not a stretch, really. Alright. Because of that. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: I don't know what I was looking at. Somebody was probably sweating profusely, so that's what I was looking at.
0: Uh, They did say that he'd been talking to Speranza a few times since the first murder.
1: Yeah. So they go to Chara's and they interview him. He's just super sweaty and his...
0: His window air conditioner is not working correctly.
1: Even though we can see the ribbons.
0: It's just blowing air. Yeah. Not cold air. He
1: needs Freon. It's bad. He is definitely struggling with heat in his Florida apartment. So he lets them know that he was going to work with Speranza because, kind of like as a, to make up for getting Nietzsche on to death row.
0: Yeah, he's by... fully bought in on the premise. Yes. And he's like, I gotta get out of this any way I can. And I like that in this character. He's like, nope, I believe it, I'm trying to get out of it.
1: I do too. I Especially
0: like... since... He was 26 years yeah. old. He was barely past the bar. Right. And as he said, he had no business doing a death row case. He should not be on this
1: list. Right.
0: Especially, uh, I'm looking at his apartment, so he's not a scummy lawyer that's doing a bunch of nonsense. This guy is not, I'm not as much of a victim as Nietzsche, but he is a victim of the circumstance.
1: Yes. Yeah, he was on the wrong case because whoever put him on that case... Didn't care what happened in each. Yeah. It was just putting someone fresh on this case so no one else would have to do the case.
0: Because the guy who actually committed the murders is already dead, and they wanted somebody to take a fall. Right. Yeah.
1: And they knew that this fresh lawyer, fresh off the bar, yeah, wasn't going to be able to do anything. He doesn't yeah. have the experience in, on for a death row case. So Chariz is trying to make amends any way that he can. And since he couldn't get Nietzsche, I don't know, pardoned at that point, I don't know what you could do in the last month. I, probably nothing. It feels like the momentum has been going on for too long at that point. Uh,
0: commutation. You can get a commutation.
1: Okay. So he, he couldn't... Okay, yeah. He couldn't commute the sentence, so he's trying to work with Speranza, and he's like, any anything that I can do to hopefully get myself off this list, if there's a list, I don't know. Well, the agents leave, but only after Charez says that he talked to Danielle and when he went to Danielle's house, her boyfriend chased him off with a gun. And that's when the agents are like, hmm. (laughs) And that's when we find out that, that's when they find out that Parnelli and Danielle are in a relationship. The agents leave and Charez cannot find relief by opening windows, getting air circulation, or putting a scotch glass on his head can only find relief from the Florida heat by being suffocated by Nietzsche.
0: With a cold embrace of death.
1: (laughs) Yes. So Nietzsche shows up and suffocates him with a pillow. And then Brodier visits Speranza in his cell and offers to have his death sentence commuted to, um, in exchange for stopping the murders.
0: Call off the dogs.
1: It was great timing because right at that time our neighbor's dogs started barking. And (laughs) I said, don't call them off. And then the dogs kept barking. But...
0: So they did what you said.
1: That's right.
0: I like that Speranza agrees to this. Because he has no power to actually stop this.
1: It makes sense. But hey,
0: if if I can benefit.
1: I agree. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I like I think he's like, sure. Yeah. I'll do what you want.
1: I think it makes sense too. Because if he says no, he's going to piss off Brodyer, Who's going to beat Uh, him to death in the showers.
0: Yeah. That's also a very good point.
1: And if he says yes, he can't do anything. And he knows Brodyer is on the list. So... (laughs) Yeah, by time. That night, Parnelli visits Danielle, who has become agitated since Mulder and Scully have been staking out her house. I don't know how he didn't see them outside or how he came in. They would have seen him coming in.
0: One would think. Maybe there's like a back alleyway or something.
1: Yeah. The agents now suspect Parnelli to be behind the murders and leave to notify Brodier, who asks that Parnelli be arrested.
0: I think you should go arrest him. I think you should have evidence that he's done a Anything? crime. I mean brandishing a firearm maybe, but the only witness to that's dead.
1: Right, and he didn't report it. He just said it yeah. in passing. yeah, so that's that's not going to be evidence is basically what I'm saying. there's not gonna there's not a report written up somewhere.
0: Yeah, pretty much the warden just thinks he's the killer, so he wants him. Of
1: course. Of him. I don't know him. He's a transfer who came over six months ago.
0: He's a stranger. I'm scared.
1: Soon afterward, Danielle wakes up to see Nietzsche by her bed. And this is when we realize just how tall Nietzsche is. <laughs> Holy crap.
0: I did not get the sense of how tall he was in the first scene. But he has to duck to get through doorways.
1: Yeah. The
0: man is tall.
1: Very tall. Because he was sitting down and hunched over because mm. he's on his way to death row. And then he was in the chair and that's hard to tell. Yeah. When he was standing in the doorway...
0: Now that you tell me that he's the last Boy Scout, he towers over Bruce Willis. Oh, does he? Yes. (laughs) How You know it was my wife. (laughs) She told me her husband was a big pimp-looking motherfucker with a hat. (laughs) Wrong place, wrong time. Nothing personal. That's what you think. Last night I fucked your wife. Oh, you did, huh? Well, how'd you know it was my wife? She said her husband was a big pimp-looking motherfucker with a
1: hat. Oh, you real cool boy, a guy about to take a bullet.
0: Fucking your wife, I'll take two. Where do you want, in the chest or in the
1: head? Yeah,
0: that's what your wife said. Hey, we you stop with the wife's shit?
1: Oh, my God.
0: This movie is a delight. <laughs> it's not good, but it is a delight.
1: <laughs> that's fine. That's, we, we just watched a movie like that last night. <laughs> so, the agents and a police task force arrive to Daniel's to arrest Parnelli, but... Danielle has decided that it's actually Parmelli who's killing people or... I'm not sure what is, she thinks. ...is pretending to be Nietzsche. It's un- it's unclear.
0: Unclear.
1: Unclear. Okay. I thought I was just like, I don't know, checking out at some point, but I wasn't sure what she thought was happening. No.
0: I wish they had given her a line like, Nietzsche says you gotta go or something like that. Yeah. Nietzsche says this has to end. Something. Something that made it clear that she thinks Nietzsche wanted this.
1: Right. It was a little bit messy, but she ends up shooting and killing Parmelli, So the cops can say, she's got a gun! Meanwhile, Brodier, assuming that Charez and Parmelli were on the list, thinks that Speranza has reneged on their deal and has, has him taken to the showers.
0: Well, he thinks it doesn't matter what the deal is. I think... That he thinks Parmelli's the one killing everybody. Now that right. Parmelli's dead, he doesn't have to hold up his end of the deal. So that would make safe. sense.
1: Yeah, that would make sense too. Either way, he kills Speranza. Before Brudier kills Speranza, though, Speranza claims that one more person remains on the list. Which, yes. This is the list! <laughs> so now everybody's dead. The agents start to leave Florida, but Mulder soon pulls over because, as you put it...
0: Scully, I have to be extra dramatic right now.
1: (laughs) He pulls over on a two-lane highway and gets out and walks down the highway. (laughs) You don't do that, probably anywhere, but not in the rural areas where there's big semis carrying produce and cows. Yeah. You don't do it. I agree. So get back in the car, Mulder.
0: <laughs> yes, ma'am.
1: <laughs> be dramatic and still drive. <laughs> Where are they going? Airport? They're in the middle of nowhere. Well, you,
0: you got to go through nowhere to get to somewhere.
1: Where would Which airport would they be going to from Gainesville? Would they be going to Orlando?
0: There's probably an airport in Gainesville. I guess. Not an international airport. I guess the
1: feds can probably fly into those. If the feds are going to be called because one goddamn guard got himself killed. They
0: do get places fast.
1: Yeah, they do. Just don't know. It's because they're in Canada. Because I'm looking around and I can't place where they're at because they're not in Florida.
0: Those are not Florida trees.
1: I'm like, exactly. I'm looking at this road going, where is this? What kind of crop is that? None of this makes sense. Okay, so he gets out to be dramatic. He remains frustrated since Parmelli was on duty during only one murder and was not one of the three men who knew Perry Simon's confidential identity. So there are some holes. Um, he also points out inconsistencies in the actions of Parmelli and Roke, who was also assumed to be part of the plot. So he's just like, none of this makes any sense. And we're like, yeah, Mulder, that's what we've been telling you for three seasons and five episodes. <laughs> Mulder believes that Promelli was not responsible for the deaths and that Nietzsche uh, had indeed been reincarnated to enact his revenge, which is like... Okay, it's also not
0: gonna... reincarnation. No. We had that episode. It was one of the worst episodes.
1: It was so bad. However, Scully convinces Mulder that the case is over and that they should return home. Just then, Brodeur passes them in his car... He flips down his mirror and he's like, the feds are out and I got away with it.
0: And my knuckles are not bruised.
1: No, I can punch people in the weirdest ways and not split my knuckles. At that point, a fly lands on his face near his nose. Oh,
0: one of the big ones. There. Giant. Oh, one of them landed on Sherez earlier. Yeah. And he just grabbed it because it didn't flinch away from him. No. Oh, yeah. I hate how unafraid these things are.
1: The fly lands on his face, near his nose, he's looking in the rearview mirror, and the fly turns into Nietzsche, who attacks Broder, and causes his car to crash into a tree, blaming his last victim. <laughs>
0: end credits. Yep. Yeah. It was jarring to me. That's one way to end it, I guess.
1: It was. It was also weird because he's the only one who wasn't suffocated.
0: It might show that he's suffocated.
1: Yeah, I guess. Well, the last bit of trivia that I have is that this episode has one of the highest body counts in the series. A total of nine characters are killed during the course of the story. Nietzsche Manley, guards Ulrich and Fournier, Roke, the executioner Perry Simon, the lawyer Charez, guard Vincent Parmelli, Speranza. His fate is not actually revealed, but his death seems imminent when he is last seen. And then lastly, the warden. Yeah. It's a bunch of dead people. It's
0: a lot of deads
1: a lot of deads a lot of
0: deads who you shipping
1: oh god (laughs) all of those maggots and as much food as they can eat oh good god
0: (laughs) fournier's face yes keto diet i'm shipping (laughs) danielle and someone nice
1: oh that would be nice for her
0: yeah i didn't Parmelly wasn't very nice to her no i hope she finds a good bunkmate in the prison she's going
1: to yep yikes um how are you surviving
0: Ah, this is the easiest one so far for me. Uh, not be a cop. How mm. about you.
1: Well, I'm still avoiding anybody who's sweating this profusely. That's
0: everybody in this episode except Mulder and Scully.
1: <laughs> it really is. And
0: maybe Parmelli. I don't think Parmelli was super sweaty. Everybody else was.
1: Yeah. No, everybody...
0: uh, Speranza. Speranza wasn't sweaty.
1: Nope, Speranza, Speranza was dry. Speranza was a dry boy. Dry. <laughs> dry toad. So I already used the avoid wet people. It's just a good reminder. I like to remind everybody.
0: Avoid sweaty people.
1: To just avoid them. I'm going to survive by not beating on someone for 11 years. Not be a cop. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okie dokie. Happy uh, Friday to us. <laughs> Let's watch The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> the Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Green. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things, artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal six, logo by at Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T. He
1: also points out inconsistencies. Dang. Sorry, sorry if you guys can hear that. It is thunderstorming. It is summertime in Florida. I'm
0: just gonna cut that out. <laughs> oh,
1: okay.